Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent focusing on everything to do with sexuality, relationships, identity and more. We touch on a wide variety of topics ranging from how to have feminist sex to how dating has changed in the post-Me Too era. I'm your host, Olivia Petter, and today on the programme, I'm joined by broadcaster Mylene Klass to discuss blended families. Enjoy the show. <laughs> you can say hello. I'm to speak. You're allowed just to speak. Just transfix. <laughs> Hi. So for those who don't know, Mylene has her fingers in quite a lot of pies. How do you introduce yourself to people when they ask what you do? I, wonder. I actually used to say broadcaster now because okay. I think that covers everything and then I can talk about the design. I've actually just come from a design meeting just now, oh, cool. which we did at my house, which was the easiest way. I find, I find ways around doing it now. And today, uh, we are here to discuss the topic of blended families. Yeah, just to make my life even more complicated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but definitely um, more colourful. Um, I went and just, yeah, I think colourful, blended a family together. Yeah, I think colourful is probably a good way to describe, describe the idea of blending families. Well, my German neighbour calls it a, a patchwork family, and I think that's quite nice, actually. Oh, I like that I've heard puzzles, and I've heard... But the idea of patchwork, it does sort of give you the idea of colour. I think the idea of forming bonds with someone else's kids yep. can be quite tough. So I wonder from your perspective, what was yep. that like when you met your partner's kids? I was so nervous. <laughs> I cannot even tell you. I rang all my friends up and and they all just said, it's just fine. You get on with my children. But I said, no, but this is different. This mm. is, And I don't know, it shouldn't be different, but it, it definitely is different because... You grow up with your friends. They know you. They come around on Saturdays. They're just kind of pa part of the, the furniture. But with a partner, with somebody that you're looking to date, you're looking at that person. But then I suppose when I was when I walked in and met him in the bar and in, in the back of my head, I'm not just looking at him to date me. I'm actually thinking I have got two little girls as well. So actually, you are looking at them to date all three of you, if you see yeah. what I mean. It, it's... There's so much that you have to take on board. And yeah, in a nutshell, I was really, really nervous because you want them to like you, but at the same time, you want your children to like them and you mm. want them to like your children and then you want everyone to get on. And long story short, we arranged to do this and on, the on, on a Saturday and on the Friday night, my boyfriend, after a year of us waiting and planning this, um, he called me up. He said, I don't think I can do it. And I said to him, you cannot, you don't bottle now because then I'm going to bottle and then we're never going to do this and the children know it's happening. And he just said, it's going to be a long journey and all these excuses started coming up and I knew he was feeling exactly the same way. But we were just being totally ludicrous because when they met, they all ran into the garden. <laughs> we both stood in the kitchen just staring at each other, practically with a glass on the wall, just trying to figure out what they were all saying. Are they all, they're all quite similar ages, They're exact they? same ages. So between us, we've now got two eight-year-olds and two 12-year-olds. And with that, 
uh, it's a gift in so many ways because you've got an idea of where everyone's at and what their interests are. Um, even just from borrowing clothes when someone forgets their socks mm-hmm. and, um, and, and what sort of things they're into all the way through to the fact that it can be very tricky because the, com- the, the competitiveness is exactly where you would be as well with, you know, people that are your exact age. It's an immediate competitiveness as well. So it, it, it swings and roundabouts. Do you think it's difficult because they're sort of, they're in the early stages of adolescence, they're not quite teenagers, they're not quite you know, they're not quite old enough to really understand what's going on or do you think they do have a full... They do. I think, you know, some of the conversations that they have are quite insightful. Um, I think it helps that there's a boy and a girl, two 12, uh, the 12-year-olds, 12 mm-hmm. the two little ones, we call them the twinnies. They don't look anything alike, but they called themselves the twinnies, so they're just known as the twinnies now. Um, the eight-year-olds, it's a more direct competition at times and t- mm-hmm. total love at other times because of their ages and they're both the same sex. But the conversations they have, um, it's, it's really quite insightful, actually, because they have now become so reliant on us being together that if anything looks um, that it could in any way impact that, they get really nervous. Oh, really? So, um, and we've sat down so many times and said, look, it's not, you know, we're really, both of us, both myself and my partner, are we are 100% mm. behind this relationship. But if they, you know, they worry that um, <laughs> there was a job that I was offered and all the children came forward and said, we don't want you to take the job because we don't want you to dance with another partner. Because you might you might go off with this partner, things like that that yeah. you just think that's your worry today. It yeah. could be further from my worry with all the other lists of things yeah. that there are out there. Do you think that anxiety comes from the fact that they have come from a broken home and inverted well, I, commas? I can only imagine because you know my I had a two point four family. My fa- my mum and dad are still together, so I can't even imagine. And and Simon's mum and dad are still together. Oh really? Um, and so I can't imagine what it is from their vantage point at all but at the same time I refused to to meet Sim actually when we were both set up we were set up on a blind date were you and I refused to meet him until I had been reassured by him in the end that he hadn't broken up the family because I just couldn't go through that with somebody that I thought could have the potential to do that Mm. so already I think we both came into this relationship um with the view that you know we know how fragile relationships can be and certainly didn't want to put or expose the children to anything Mm. i know look i've got friends who are in different circumstances to me but with the same kind of result but personally speaking for me i couldn't be with somebody that i thought had broken up the family i just couldn't do it so it was part of your children i I imagine as well to explain that to them and yeah because they'd seen it from out from their side as well so it was reassuring that we both had the same sort of outlook morals and and um a view to where we were both going i suppose in life and do you think when you met simon's children did you make an extra point of taking them out on your own to try and form bonds with them how did you go about so it's really funny actually because i didn't know how to do this there is Mm. no book just when you think there's no book of how to raise children and how to how to to get the whole family from A to B, as it were, because there is no destination point, really. There's no finishing line with family. It just keeps on rolling and rolling and rolling. Mm. But um, I didn't really know what to do. Nobody really tells you because nobody really knows. Each family is different. Each individual within the family unit is very different. Um, And what we did do is we did a, um, 
we did holidays together, all of us traveling as a six, like the circus. Um, I made a point of making rooms for everybody when we'd get, we'd get to our destination point on holiday and everyone would end up in the same room. So we'd all be sleeping in the same room together. <laughs> um, we'd have our, our bedtime stories all in the same room together. Then you have breakfast together, then you go to the beach together. And actually that was really nice. It kind of solidified where we were as a family. But I didn't imagine that because I made a point of saying, this is your room, this mm. is where you've got your independence, you've got your space. I went out of my way to give them space. And it's like they were almost craving not to have it. They wanted to be part of the unit. Plus, my children live with me. Um, and to have Simon's children coming back and forth, that brings its own different dynamics because you then realise that, you know, my children have to get used to sharing their toys. Simon's children have to get used to um, coming into a different environment. And it's th that brings its own um, challenges um, mm. for the children themselves. So Simon's children still live with his... Well, they go, they, they, it's 50-50. 50-50. Oh, okay, I got it. Do you mind me asking how you navigate it with the ex-partners? Is that something that you... All we do, first and foremost, is we just make sure that the children... We've got a diary now. Sim and I have got this diary. Mm. I never thought I'd do that either, where we just put in all the children's sports days, all the children's dates that they're all together, birthdays, bat mitzvahs, <laughs> the lot. It all just goes into this big diary and... We just we just control what we can control. We've always said that. Let's just control what we can control. Mm. It's quite simple with children. It's just if they just want to be loved, that's it. The rest you can you know it's it's basic necessities of food and and shelter and but ultimately children they they they're not trying to turn away your love. They actually they want to be accepted. They want to be loved. And so rather than making specific time, I didn't make space. Um, knowingly but it just kind of it, it it just organically happened so um i mean my steps are now thinks i'm some it wizard so <laughs> and there's always he's always got something that he wants me to fix which always takes a bit of time and he's up he's allowed to stay up a bit later so the two of us just sit there together and we just fix things together but he's decided like no, he won't even let my boyfriend fix things anymore i have to fix it um, my um, stepdaughter, she passed her grade one piano yesterday. I taught her how to play the piano. It's been our little project together. And that's been tricky in its own right because I then have to think, right, time-wise, I've now got to split myself into four instead of two and actually five if I include my boyfriend in this, <laughs> if he even gets included. So I teach my daughters the piano and then I now teach my stepdaughter the piano. Because I didn't think it was fair that she saw me giving them all that time in the mornings and in the evenings. And she'd just stand there by the door and I'd just think, well, do you want to have a go? And then I said, well, look, since we're doing it, should we go for a grade? And she passed yesterday. And I honestly, I, I, I sobbed when I opened the, the email because I, so I was so proud of her. Do any of the kids want to follow in your footsteps and go into music? Um... I say yes and no. It depends what day you get them on, to be honest. Because my daughter, she's just past grade seven and she's 11 years old. And I did my grade eight at 14. Oh <laughs> so gosh. she's well ahead of the curve. Wow. But in so doing, it's so easy for her that she almost doesn't really, it's just, it, she doesn't take it on board how, yeah. how hard it is for the rest of us, if you see what I mean. So I think she just wants to go off and she wants to save the world and be a marine biologist and maybe play to the dolphins. Do you think if they did want to go into the industry, would you advise them about oh, how, how would you handle the fame thing? Because I feel like it, 
it's a different world. Yeah, but their view on it is into. so different. It's almost trying to prepare my children for a job that doesn't exist at the moment. So, you know, the the, the industry that I knew 20 years ago when I did join the band that you mentioned, or mentioned we didn't have the right to reply. We didn't have Insta or Twitter or Snapchat. We, we, we had to wait until another publication maybe took pity on us and wrote our views or didn't and wrote and, and just exacerbated the stories. Um, you You just didn't have that voice. And now the idea that you wouldn't have that voice, it would be alien to my girls to explain that to them. They just wouldn't get it because you have a voice. You have a following, you have a tribe, but in so much, it's also quite diluted. We were playing to 14 to, 14 to 20 million people when, when the, the show that I was on went out. Now to garner those kind of numbers, it's a different animal. Yeah. Do you think Simon's kids would want to go into the industry? Sometimes they do. I mean, look, she's passed mm. a grade one piano, yeah. so the sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to afford them different opportunities and different insights. Um, they come to work with me. Now my girl, now that's where I think it's quite it's quite interesting because my girls have seen, they've grown up in dressing rooms, they've grown up seeing what I do and reading scripts and making the the tea. They go around, they know all the people in the studios, and they go around and, and they they know everybody's coffee orders. They come on design trips with me and line the shoes up, and so it's been nice to give that insight to his children. 
your yeah. children, my children. We make yeah. we make it very clear that it's our. And they'll often the children turn around and say, "Well, why why am I getting told off? I wasn't even in the room." Mm. But you have to kind of just put them all in together because otherwise, then you pick off children and it becomes favoritism and mm. children don't respond well mine don't respond to that they kind of like the fact that it's all or nothing all of them are in it together and yes when they spray painted my whole front yard then uh, <laughs> sim he walked back into carnage and they were really sorry and i walked back out and they all had scouring pads all four of them <laughs> i said i don't want to even know who's done it knowing full well who'd done it but all of you clear it up now and they respond to that as well because i think it's that thing with boundaries isn't it it's knowing how far you can push and i I think it just it kind of galvanizes all of us but um it would be impossible to look after four children and not be allowed to um well i suppose yeah and not be allowed to to direct them and, and, and tell them off. Age, yeah. Oh well, look, there's more. There's more, th- more of them than there are of us. Yeah. So we are. <laughs> we've well, we've well and truly identified that we're outnumbered, <laughs> and we we have to keep a tight rein. But I said to him, I said to my eldest, I said to Ava today, what I'm doing today. I'm talking about blended families, and she rolled her eyes and she said, Oh, are you going to start your metaphors again? And I said, Absolutely. This is the best place because. I do sit with them. We do something called Mama School on a Saturday and I'll pick a topic, maybe a world topic as to what's going on and just sit with them for an hour over breakfast and and talk about, you know, hear what their views are. I think that's really insightful. But I did say to them one time, because I said, I don't want anyone to feel left out. And I said, we're like, we're all of us in a boat. And you get the metaphor now. <laughs> all, of, all of us are in a boat. My job is to get us from A to B with Simon and your job is to, you know, to, to, to your, your passengers on the boat. But if you rock the boat, you know, we're all going to feel it. And if you fall overboard, we are going to grab you. End of. We are all going to get from A to B. Nobody's going to get left behind. And so whenever there's a drama or if there's something that's good that's going on, everyone's like, well, think of the boat. Think of the boat. We're getting there. I'm an English literature, ex-English literature student, so I love a good But metaphor. children like the visuals <laughs> of it, I think. Yeah, I think it helps them to process things, doesn't it? Um, it, it helps him absolutely but I think as well they need to know where they're going mm. they need to know that they belong they need to know now that we're having another baby it was it was Hero my youngest who then turned around and said that, and, and they call the baby Snoop because they want Snoop Dogg or Jason Derulo <laughs> or Dolly Parton <laughs> irrespective <laughs> of, what, of, of sex um, and they just said that uh, oh Snoop's going to be the glue because we'll all have a part of Snoop. And I thought, isn't that really nice to hear that that's how they view this? Yeah. But it's not easy. It's, it's, it's uh, My goodness, if, if anybody had told me what I was embarking on, I wouldn't have thought I would be able to do it because you have to be pretty selfless to be a parent anyway. Mm. And then to be a step-parent, you have to be even more selfless because it's not even your children that broke the cupboard or spray painted the yard or, mm. and you need to find that love and you have to always remember that actually it's not their fault or they never asked to be in this position, but as they are, you, you know, you, you, you actually can find that you've got extra love to give. I didn't realize I could be so selfless because, you know, 20 years ago I was a pop star. <laughs> it was all about me. <laughs> and now that's, it's the last person that it's all about. <laughs> I'm so far down the pecking order. It, it's ludicrous. But does it feel does it feel strange having just contrasting your life back from what it was like then to what your oh, responsibilities are now? Two different lives. But I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. In the morning, mm. I get three lots of girls' hair done. 
I do four lots of uniforms at night. Um, you know, I, 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 I take great pleasure actually ironing in, in all the names in the uniforms. Because again, if I'm going to do it for my children, then I think it's only fair I do it for his children. Mm. They see that. Also, you know, to make my house, which was very much my house, my home, which is something I built with the children, with my girls, into a home for six of us. You know, I'm not some retail expert in London, but now suddenly I'm having to, right, that's your bedroom, losing another room. Uh, okay, I suppose we could turn this into another room. And you're sort of trying to find rooms because, again, you want everyone to have that space. And I just think it's really important to... Again, that's not easy. You're conjuring up rooms. You're trying to find that space. But it's important that everyone feels that they've got their little stamp and that they're, they're their little area to go to as well. I mean, I think the weirdest thing is I lost my name. So um, my my nickname, um, which Sim calls me, um, is actually it has actually become the nickname that all the other children call his daughter. So now... Oh, really? Yes. What so, is that? Well, I'm Lini. Oh. I've always been Leany. And what has his daughter always been Leany? Well, she's, yeah, she's Leany as well. Oh, wow. So it's her nickname. We obviously, not, we're not both called Mylene, but we've both right. got the same nickname. So uh, through this, I became Big Leany. And I said, <laughs> no, 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 why don't I become Leany and, and she can become Little Leany? But it never stuck. <laughs> and so it's either, I'm either called Big Leany or I'm Mama. So to lose your name, it's, it sounds yeah. so silly. But it's actually, you know, um, you identify it's your name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, it's time to move on to our lessons in love segment. So this is the part of the podcast where I ask every guest to describe one lesson they've learned through love and relationships. So, Mylene, I will not call you Big Leany. What is? <laughs> <laughs> I sound like I own a cafe. Come to Big Leany's cafe. <laughs> Uh, would you like to share your lesson with us? My lesson would be a lesson that I actually stole off my boyfriend, but it was so it was so lovely. I thought well, I'm going to make it my own. And he he once turned around to me and he said, after all the hardships that I experienced and all the heartache, I would go through it all again if I knew you were waiting at the end. That is adorable. <laughs> I love that. That's such a lovely positive. So, message i'm too hormonal to even like <laughs> have these discussions yeah for those for those listening oh, mylene is well currently done. Eight, eight, eight months pregnant right now yes eight yeah. months pregnant highly hormonal <laughs> i can cry if i open the fridge <laughs> and it's fully stocked <laughs> that makes me happy um but i actually thought that was a really lovely thing to say because i thought actually I, I i couldn't put it better myself i would do the same thing so I suppose it's a, a more um, elaborate way of just saying no regrets. Mm. But it's the idea that we would both go through the level of heartache and, and those disappointments and that fear if we both knew each other was at the other end. I love that. So I suppose it's just actually being hopeful. That's all we have time for this week on Millennial Love. Follow Independent Lifestyle on social media to keep up to date with what's coming up on the show. And if you're a new listener, remember to subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. Also, leave us a rating and comment with your thoughts on our conversation today. Until next time, thanks a lot for listening. Goodbye. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.